Yeah. No, I, I, I believe that the less mumble rap there is in the world, the, the more healing comes forth. So I want a bumper sticker that says, Heal the World by Ending Mumble Rap. Got a beard in it's looking something fierce. Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers. Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears. Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears. I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas. I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers. Chilling after shows and talking about the pain with people who learned how to face it and be sane. Sipping on a brew, doing interviews. No topics off the table, but we focus on breakthroughs. So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check. You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bounce, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bounce, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards. Tasty interviews for your ears to hear. All right, welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Chun Jay, also known as Jamie Bennett. Uh, I'm from the Mighty Royal Ruckus crew, and I am here with my homie. Nomadic Vagabond. We got a special guest today. Uh, man, dude, do you do you want to tell us a little bit about this guest? Do you want to tell us a little bit about who we've got here in the house? Yes, sir. We got the Mighty Sivion of uh deep space five um formerly of fat cats maybe still fat cats i don't know Ron's <laughs> monumental <laughs> uh elect recording artist um just you know still putting out good music if you uh peep the new single he's got some good stuff coming up so we're just uh we're blessed to be able to have him on uh and just be able to kind of chop it up and see what he's up to and what he's been through and welcome it. welcome to the show dude yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This, it's been a long time coming. I'm glad you guys could squeeze me in. You're busy, creative <laughs> artist that you that you, that you get a, you know you call on to get into the show. So we have been tracking you down for a minute, man. It's it's been tough to to nail down something that didn't move either from us moving it or canceling it or you moving it or canceling it. But here we are today. Hey, I just I do my thing, man. It's like a butterfly, just hard to, hard to pin down. I got something like right out the gates, guys. I'm embarrassed, okay? Because you just dropped something that like things are like connections are being made in my head that I think were not ever made before. What is this? Rhymes Monumental? What? What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? How have I never made this connection? I mean, honestly, like that's, yeah, that's <laughs> a lie in science. I mean, that's probably between that and, uh, gosh, what was it? Uh, there, there was a, a Sonic Imperial. Like those were the oh, two yeah, yeah. very oh, first sure. CDs that Fat Cats ever showed up on, you know? Man, that's, you were on, that's right. You were on the Sonic Imperial too. Yep, oh yep. my goodness. All right. So I'm also so excited. Urban Soldiers as well. Yeah. Oh, Ur oh matter of fact, that's right. Urban yeah. Soldiers was the first uh, one. Yeah. And then Ryan's Monumental. So those are like without those and and you know, us, you know, knowing or Fred and, and Plato at the yeah. time knowing yeah. E Rock, like yeah, uh, we're probably not in Christian rap. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I, I guess basically you've just been on my radar about eight or ten years longer than I knew that you were on my radar. Um, yeah. It wasn't only until this moment that I, I made that connection. Man, that's amazing. Well, welcome to the show. Yeah, <laughs> again, thank you, thank you. Glad, well, glad we finally made it. You know, connected some dots from you know two decades ago. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, seriously. All right, so what what are we drinking, guys? We we just we just got on, but uh, you know I cracked a couple of things. What do you got? Well, I got uh, two things. You know, I always like to keep it hydrated because it is stupid hot here right now. But I got a cherry flavored seltzer water. You know, nice regular hydration. And then um, I got this. Uh, it's like a alt style beer, so it's kind of like a, a dark lager, but it's put out by a local brewery called uh, Fort George. But it's a collaboration with a record label called Light in the Attic. I don't mm. know if you guys are familiar with Light in the Attic. They I'm do a lot of like um, fresh. They do like a lot of reissues and stuff. Actually, I think they reissued um, a Diggable Planets LP. But it, they do all nice. over. Oh yeah, yeah. Old indie rock to hip hop. So yeah, it was a wow. you know, and I think they actually put out a forty five with it too. So that's pretty dope. Wow, that sounds real fresh. So yep. me, let's see here. I got some good old. Agua. Yes, sir. Um, straight out the refrigerator door. That's how we do. And then my son uh, got me trying this. Uh, I'm sipping on a little bit of uh, tequila. Oh, yeah. From oh. Casamigos tequila. I guess it's George Clooney's oh, tequila wow. or whatever. It's hella smooth. So yeah. <laughs> I like getting my, my tequila sip on. That's perfect. Yeah, that, that sounds like some good vibes right there. Yeah. I, vibes. Yeah, sure. I, I've got the uh, Lemon Rattler from Athletic Brewing Company called Ripe Pursuit. It's nice. It's a non-alcoholic. It's a uh, sour beer. It's fantastic. And then on the hydration front, I'm also doing uh, cherry. Uh-huh. We've got a cherry limeade Waterloo. Fantastic purveyors of sparkling water. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm curious, though, uh, so you don't have a beer with you, but that's totally acceptable. Um, you're, you're allowed to have any anything you want to drink. Even just the water is you know, fine. I just want to shake it up a little bit. That's good, though. That's good. That's good. I, I don't know if anybody's had tequila on the show before. Here's Brews and Spirits. There you I go. It. I love it. <laughs> then we should rename the show. Um, <laughs> what What is your favorite beer, though? Like, if you were to have a beer tonight, what what would you probably be sipping on? I mean, I'm not really a beer connoisseur like uh, okay. several of my other homies like Crumb. He's definitely yeah. a connoisseur of, of all types of IPAs and all that kind of stuff. Um, I like an IPA uh, if I'm if I'm you know looking for something with a little more kick. But I mean, but honestly, I, I'm a I'm a lightweight with beer, so I, I would probably sure. be drinking like a Miller Light or a Ultra or something. You know, okay. keep on, it light. On the, on the yeah. Front. yeah. Yeah. Light beer. Yeah. <laughs> Watching my girlish figure. That's right. <laughs> Those things you don't think about until you get like middle age. All of a sudden you're like, you know, like looking. Oh, yeah. Usually it's like non-alcoholic beer, like gluten-free stuff. It'll like have like the nutrition facts on it. Mm-hmm. And so then when I have like a regular <laughs> beer, all of a sudden I'm like, this probably is not a low calorie drink. <laughs> no. no. It's definitely yeah. best, you know, if you're drinking like a stout or something that you know. Yeah. It's like a loaf of bread. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, this is a hamburger. Like, I think I'd rather just have a hamburger, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
that's, that's valid. valid. Now speaking speaking of like uh, your girlish figure, um, you also you drink your coffee black. You you don't you're not dropping a lot of sugar and cream in there. And uh, so, tell me about that. And you also like decaf coffee. Yeah. Is that like on the regular? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll drink I'll drink regular coffee, but you know, I, I'm I don't need the caffeine. I got I got enough energy without it, so I sure. don't need the extra pep. Um, yeah. But it's funny, like the the reason I stopped drinking uh, caffeine, I actually uh, I used to drink it a lot. Like I, I just love coffee, and uh, you know I'll I'll give you two quick stories. So the reason why I drink it decaf is because um, I was preparing right before uh, the pandemic. I was preparing to go on a church retreat, like a men's retreat. And, and I was reading the thing about it. And it was like, well, start weaning off a of coffee because you're not going to have any for four days or whatever. And and I had, I had gone, a, you know, a few days without coffee a, a few times. And I remember the, you know, the withdrawal headaches or whatever. And so I was just like, oh, man, I need to start like weaning off of this. So I just weaned completely off, went through the withdrawals, the whole nine. And then uh, and then the pandemic hit and we didn't even go. <laughs> so but then I was just like this feels cool like not having sure. the genders and all that so yeah so i just kept it and then the reason why i drink it black is i remember gosh i'm trying to f remember how long ago it was but there was a time so you know like man child he's a big dude he's you know he's like eight feet tall and the whole night <laughs> and when i when i first met him i mean he was Goliath. yeah he's just a really big <laughs> human and uh and, and you know and he wasn't like you know overweight or anything but he wasn't no. like skinny skinny sure but then like somewhere around the time i guess it was back economics or something and i think he shot a video and i was like yo like you look hella thin like he had lost like i don't know like 50 pounds or so. some large yeah. amount of like and i asked him what he did and he was just like i just stopped drinking sodas <laughs> wow. like, what? Yeah, I was like, all you did was like exercise a little more and stop drinking sodas, and I, and it wow. just made me think about the sugar and the creamer and all this stuff, and I was just like, yeah, I wonder if like if I just stop putting sugar in my coffee, like would that make a difference? As I'm sure not getting younger, and so I just tried it, and then I ended up just liking the taste of coffee in its purest form or whatever without the stuff in it, so. Nice. I've been drinking that ever since, but but that was the catalyst. I was like, "You lost weight. Stop just by <laughs> sugar in a drink." That's amazing. What? That's yeah. amazing. Well, it's like that's that's one of the things that got me to drink like black coffee was because you know for well three reasons. Number one, it's cheaper because there's less ingredients, right. and then it was like if I, if I was to go to like somebody's house, you know, and they didn't have like the cream or whatever I wanted, I could just still enjoy the coffee black. Yeah. And then it's like, I kind of actually wanted to start just tasting the coffee. And so like now it's like yeah. by putting all that stuff in there, like you can taste the difference between like, like a Brazilian or an Ethiopian, you know, or like natural yeah. process versus the wash process. So yeah. you really get more out of the beverage, you know? Yeah. Totally. And you can definitely tell if it's a bad cup of coffee. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously. Yeah. You know, at my like, church, man, they use like a percolator. And like you get it, it's like scalding hot, and I'm just like, it 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 just tastes, you know, not to kick dirt on my church coffee, but it's horrible. Church coffee <laughs> is usually barely tolerable, man. Yeah, I mean, unless unless it's one of those churches where they have like baristas. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah. if there's no barista in the lobby, 
uh, you're getting Folgers through a percolator. I'm sure. Uh, that's if you're lucky, you know. <laughs> wow. Well, I, that I mean that that's a great story. I th- I think it's also interesting too because uh, there's like the sugar component, but then there's also like the decaf component because uh, caffeine and sugar both are things that are uh, shot through in a whole lot of stuff. We don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, actually, I went to church today and I was, uh, I, I just, my eyes fell on it as a guy was pouring a Sprite. Had 140 calories in 12 ounces. And um, that's, for those who don't know, that's a lot of sugar. Because um, that, that's, all those calories are from sugar. Yeah. I guess if you're going to go uh, uh, go sprinting right afterwards, that's totally cool. Because that's, you know, fuel for your yeah, sprint. But... <laughs> but for those of us that aren't. Right. <laughs> Straight to the blood sugar spike, man. Yeah, but that was just such a power. Like when, when Manchild told me that, I was just like, God, there's that much sugar. And so, like if you drink a couple yeah. of Dr. Peppers a day, you know, and then you stop drinking a couple of Dr. Peppers a day. Like that's a lot of sugar you're not yeah. intaking anymore. Yeah. Well, it was like in like December, my wife and I did the whole 30. And um, dude, and that's so legit. I, dude, that's and I wasn't, drinking, I wasn't drinking beer. And I told her, I was like, yo, my pants are like fitting better. And and I yeah. wear like a size 30, you know what I mean? And, and she's like, yeah, maybe you don't need three beers a day. I'm like, whoa, 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 hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah. Talk. <laughs> Man, I, I will tell you, though, uh, when, when you talk about like uh, health and wellness and all that stuff, you know, a lot of times we only think of things in terms of weight loss. But sometimes yeah. the, the health markers are more than that. So uh, like you mentioned, Whole30. What's interesting, a few years ago, I did a Whole30 and I had been drinking beer leading up to it. You know, maybe I don't know how much I was drinking, but it was, you know, a little bit every day, probably. Um, and when you look at my Apple Watch, the 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 uh, heart rate data, mm-hmm. when I went to a whole 30, stopped drinking, just that one thing made a dietary switch and and cut out the alcohol. Um, my resting heart rate dropped 10 beats per minute. Wow. Wow. Like that's. That's just like my body just being cranked up just a little because I had a couple of beers the day before, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's nuts to think about. Well, I mean, you you are what you eat and your body functions off of the fuel you put in it. And I'm learning more and more the older I get, especially now (laughs) with you, once you cross into the fifties, man, it's like, you start (laughs) noticing everything. You eat something one day, the next day your knuckles hurt for some reason. Yeah. Like you just like feel what you eat and it's like I'm trying to pay attention and like not <laughs> yeah you know try to try to grow old actually sure. it's it's like KRS one says you know health wealth and knowledge of yourself you know there it is yeah well, I mean health teacher. is your wealth man that's your big I was you know we were um I was at church the other day and we were we were just talking about like acts and and just how like and you know it you know, uh, Peter healing people by just, you know, casting a shadow on them. But then it made me think about like all the times Jesus healed people and all the times people came up to him for healing. Like nobody, there's no record of people coming up to him, asking him for money or coming Mm -hmm. out like, Lord, make me, you know, rich, make me like, they knew their health was their wealth. So if they had an ailment, they were like, Lord, fix me so I can do 
you know, yeah. like I, I just it, when I think about that, I'm just like, man, like that's the paradigm shift of our culture now. Like right now, if Jesus were to walk the streets, like people would be like, make me rich so I could be yeah. happy. Something right. Whereas, then they were like, just, you know, take this ailment. Just make me whole again as a human, yeah. like make my body whole so that I can be a vessel. So my temple can be strong. You know, I'm like, that's a different mind. I think it's also hard for us to realize like how good we have it uh, because, you know, we, we, we live in a time of incredible medical advances and like common ailments that we can get over pretty quickly used to be, be like pretty detrimental to people. Yeah. Um, so like, I think maybe we just take it for granted and, and then there's like so much prosperity in the world out there to be gone after that. That's what we think of. You know, we think, yeah. I want, give me the money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's when you think about it. Like that's the pursuit of money, right? That's, that's where you see all these like billionaires and actors losing their mind. Yeah. And artists, like they're losing their mind because their temple is not healthy. You know, yeah. like if yeah. they're like, it doesn't matter how much money you have, if your body and your mind is not healthy and you're like, <laughs> yeah like, you have all the riches in the world but gosh yeah you know, that's why mental health is such a big thing right now because there's so many people out there wearing their bodies out trying to chase some carrot you know yeah. that somebody's dangling like you can be here and then when you get there you're like oh now you gotta go to the next level yeah. the next level it's never enough it's never enough and at the meantime the whole time you're just tearing your body up and just depleting it of sleep and stress like all the things and it's just like when it's all said and done you're you know dying of heart attacks at age 35 you know and stuff like yeah. that when when a, you know somebody would you, you look at you go to the east yeah and like people are living to be 120 because they don't have the same stress in their life sure you know and it's it's amazing like that's what i want like i want to be there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about well, you know, it's like something that made me think of that was like I remember it was years ago I was watching like this uh it was a an Austin City Limits concert with uh Damien Marley and he was talking about how you know people will like you know want to have like a, like have BMWs but then they're going through the McDonald's drive-through and it's right, like, right. so you're spending all this money on this but you're shortchanging yourself on this and it's like right you know you're worried about these material things but not taking care of like you know, like you're saying, yeah. it's, you know, yeah, yeah, ridiculous. One of the things I'm surprised that nobody ever asked Jesus for uh, on healing was um, for growing facial hair. Um, you would think that somebody would have said, Lord, I cannot grow a beard, you know, grant me this one thing. Um, you in your life have had a beard and then not had a beard, and right now you 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 don't have a big beard you but you yeah. do have facial hair it's undeniable so uh because i've been healed and given <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> so tell me tell me a little bit about your your relationship with uh facial hair so i i you know i can't really grow like a like what nomadic has like that that i would never be able to actually either of you guys full beard like i would never be able to pull that off um i mean back in the when when i released dark side of the cocoon i had the probably the most facial hair I ever, i'll ever have in my life and it was 
you know, the goat was was long, but the rest of it was about spotty at best. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was it was good down here, <laughs> but the sides were challenged. Um, you know, I'll never not have facial hair because my wife hates me not to have something yeah. between uh. my nose and my lip. Um, <laughs> you have found yourself a good woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she, but the, but she was not feeling. She was not feeling the the big afro and the, and the beard that I had going on at the time. But you know, it's funny though, because like you know, early on in my career, you know, I didn't have you know, I shaved pretty clean and I had no hair, and I would always rock ball caps. And uh, and my son, in high school, he was uh, he was in a play, um, and it was a it was a play called I think. The African Company presents Henry V or something. So it was like okay. a play about an African play company presenting the play of the Henry V with wow. all black actors. And it was a really powerful story. You know, it spoke about racism and all kinds of different things. But but during that, because they, you know, and they ended up winning like the state championship, you know, with that play, it was amazing. But um, during the time they did it, like, like the the director was like, you guys can't cut your hair at all. And of course, you know, in high school, you know, and everybody's all edged up with the face and, the, you know, <laughs> and, my, and my son was like not able to cut his hair and he's got a funny hairline anyway. So it, it was, you know, he had to deal with that. But so, so in like solidarity with him, I was like, I'm gonna grow my hair and not cut it either. Okay. You know, just so he doesn't feel like a weirdo having to do that by himself. So, I mean, I was going to work with just, naps like just I, didn't, I just I just went in with them we didn't go to the barber we didn't do nothing it was just wow whatever came out and and then of course after they won the state championship then we both went to the barber together and sure yeah it was, it was dope but after that like I hadn't had hair since college and up until that time it's a, like for 20 years like <laughs> I didn't have any hair and so then all of a sudden I was like I kind of like having hair and I haven't cut it off since all right and, it's just funny because but but that whole thing it was like he couldn't shave he couldn't sure cut his hair yeah. so i started just growing everything out and like at work they'd look at me funny and i was like oh, <laughs> i'm doing the same with my son don't worry about it and then you know but then after a while i was just like i kind of like having facial hair and you know hair and so i just yeah. you know went in for a minute but then once i you know once i finally cut it off it was like okay i'll go back to the face but, but yeah. <laughs> It 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 feels once you get used to it, it feels weird to not have it. Um, yeah. you know, even to exactly. some extent. And anytime I've shaved down uh at least my face, I just feel so uncomfortable for like a month. You know, <laughs> yeah. just something exactly. even like the way the breeze hits your face. It's just something is not right in the universe. And you look like a child. <laughs> exactly. You look like a baby, and it's like Dude, I always have to keep it like I might try to like trim everything up a little bit and maybe like maybe fade here and like edge it up but um i have to have at least something on my chin because if i shave my chin it looks like somebody like kicked me in my chin and it like yeah a little bit and especially like when i had my dreads because i'd always have it like in a tam so i had like this height plus like nothing here so it just seemed unbalanced but i mean that was the weirdest thing for me because like i had shaved here my side so i just had a goatee had it trimmed up and then it was like two weeks after that, because I had dreads for like eight years and I shaved yeah. my head in, in January. 
you know, and it was cold. But I mean, I was just cold everywhere. The back of my neck was cold. I was just <laughs> like, I never hadn't seen sun in yeah. <laughs> there was sudden. one time, like, it was like we went to the beach and I'd gotten a sunburn. And then I was like looking at my back and there's like this weird, like, blotch on my back. I'm like, why is it all blotchy? I'm like, what happened? And all of a sudden I realized it's, that's where my hair was hanging and that's where the sun didn't get. <laughs> So after uh, that, I had my hair up so I get like a, you know, even tan <laughs> or even burn. Oh, my goodness. The things you don't think about unless yeah. you have eight-year-old dreadlocks. That's what happens <laughs> now, dude. I'll have like, like, I'll get no sun right here. <laughs> like if I'm laying like this, it's all like blotchy. Look like you're wearing a tank top or something. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. You can always do a spray on underneath there, you know. Yeah, Jamie, your beards used to be bigger than that, right? You've had it longer. In the yeah, past. you know, it comes and goes. Um, you know, ba basically, there was a life-changing moment for me in 2000, uh, 2009, 2010, when I did a thing called Whiskerino, where like 500 dudes shaved their faces down and grew a beard for four months. And uh, I, I did that, and I kept growing for a whole year. And, you know, once you, you've got a year's worth of growth you know, that's, that's not tame at all, you know? Um, so I've done that twice. And so I tend to like my beard fuller and longer. Um, I work in a professional situation though. So, um, I try to, I try to keep it nice. Um, but I also like volume. So, yeah. You know. so, so talk me through, uh, uh, beard care products. For you <laughs> Well, actually, I imagine you do more beard care than the nomadic. I'm curious. Dreadlocks, he seems a little more natural. Do you? What do you do? Do you do you do anything, or do you do just basic facial care in the shower, and that's that's it? Yeah, pretty much. That's it. You know, brush it a little bit. When I had a beard, I was trying to use like beard butter and stuff, but it didn't really gotcha. Really do anything for my particular lack of volume yeah well, for, <laughs> i wish i was a black thought and had like the most you know beautiful thick beard possible i feel like even at your length a small amount of beard oil uh, might be worth trying um because it, it also soothes the skin um but you you know you wouldn't want to overdo it otherwise you'd just be drippy and oily you know but yeah. um, but for me, that's what I, I use. I use a little bit of beard oil. Um, you know, I probably use more than most people would, uh, but just a few drops and I, I work it through. Every now and then uh, there's like beard creams or beard balms that I'll use for, you know, just once in a while, especially if it has mm -hmm. a particular scent. Uh, I'll use it for an evening, almost like a cologne. Uh, yeah. and, then, and then I condition um, and then I've probably mentioned this on the show a uh, hundred times. So my apologies to people that are hearing it over and over again, but I like to get the olive oil. Um, I don't use this all the time, but the olive oil based lotion that you find like in the African hair section. Um, I, I, cause actually when I grow my, my hair out, my hair gets curly, the longer it gets, the curlier it gets. So when it's longer, I, I would use that. So I started using that in my beard too from time to time. So maybe once a week or something like that, I yeah. put it in there. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not that much. It's just, you know, a few seconds every morning and evening and keeps the beard pretty nice. Um, and then do you like comb through it, brush it? What do you do to... Yeah, I I have a beard, beard brush that I use. Um, and then, you know, like 
when I travel, like I'm traveling right now, I forgot my brush. I'm just using my fingers, but, um, but yeah, I think, I think brushing it is a big deal. The second time I grew my beard for a whole year, I brushed it pretty religiously and, uh, and actually it came in differently. It came in long and, uh, it almost looked like I'd been trimming it straight, but all I was doing was just brushing it. Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big advocate of beard brushing. Um, if it's, if you've got volume, so this is really nerdy beard talk, but I guess that's part of what the show is about. I brought up the beard talk. Look at that. <laughs> So what, what about the you? Beard, the beard care. Tell them your uh, your insights. Um, I mean, like whenever I mean, I'll usually just as far as this, I'll usually just use like whatever soap I have. But like on like on days I wash my hair, I'll usually wash it like twice a week. Maybe I'll actually use some like shampoo. I got like some Dr. Bronner stuff like this. Shikai, uh, it's like a great, great sugar that they use in it, but it's conditioning. So I'll use that. And then usually I'll just throw on shea butter, just like unrefined shea butter. Um, and then sometimes like a little like jojoba oil. Um, and then like, you know, when I'm putting on all my essential oils, getting all good smelling, I got like a sandalwood and <laughs> I'll get on there, you know, that way when you go hug someone, you know, they, they smell you. Yeah. There you yeah. go. You know, when it comes to essential oil, sandalwood, I think is uh top notch for a man. Uh, I'm a, I'm a sandalwood guy from time to time. Doesn't smell like leather, but it makes me feel like I'm a leathery guy, you know. Oh, dude, I lay my oil, you know, start with the base and then I build up. Whatever one you want to be most prominent, that's what you put on last. Uh, wow, that makes sense. Your your essential oil game is uh, stronger than mine. <laughs> what would you say, Tiff? I said dropping dollars right here. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> So, so let's, uh, let's hear a little bit more about who you are. Um, you know, we've really, all we've established is that you're a rapper. Uh, we've established that you have family. So you're, we know you're a family man, but, uh, what do you do professionally outside of music? Uh, whatever you want to talk about, tell us a little bit about who you are. Gary Watson. That's all you need to know. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, um, when I'm not rapping or playing the, any one of these, saxophones behind me. Um, I, I work for a healthcare staffing firm uh, that um, staffs temporary nurses, physicians, okay. therapists, yeah. whatever, clinicians. Um, so as you can imagine, we were extremely busy during the pandemic um, yeah. trying to, to support our hospital clients uh, so that they could meet the needs of their community, their patient communities. So yeah, I've been, I've been working for that company um, for almost 18 years. Wow, so, really that's amazing. Time. Yep, and uh, so uh, it's a great company, been there a long time. It's it's the first company I've ever worked for where I actually, uh, you know, had a relationship with like the CEO, like the CEO knew wow. who I was. Yeah, And, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, a, it's, 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 probably compared to most companies that's pretty small, but it's the biggest um, company in the healthcare staffing space. Um, but comparative to like, you know, Sprint or, you know, whatever, like whatever other company out there, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. every other company on the planet is like three times the size of that company probably. But um, 
but yeah, it's been a good company. They got good values. You know, I feel like when I go to work every day, I'm like making a difference somewhere in somebody's life, you know, it's not like I'm selling vacuum cleaners or widgets that people don't need. Like, like I'm helping people deliver healthcare, you know, so it's, it's pretty cool. Are you guys uh, all working in an office or you remote workers or hybrid or what do you, what do you do? Yeah, it's hybrid now. Um, you know, we were remote for obviously for a couple of years there. Um, yeah. You know, I, I probably go into the office. I'm a leader, so I, I go in the office probably twice a week. Um, and okay. mainly just because my president, who I report to, uh, works out of the office three days a week. And so I'll at least go like for our one on ones, I'll, I'll go to the office. But but none of none of the people I manage are in Dallas. Actually, no, I'm lying. Two two of them are in Dallas, but they're remote, and so nobody nobody right. that, that reports right. to be like goes sure. to the office. Um, and so it's like, and and it has in the last the position I'm in now. Um, I've been in the last like five years, and and during that whole time, even when we were in the office, like I didn't have anybody. I was like the only person. Yeah, in the office, in the office, right. That worked in the division I work in, and so it was like a waste <laughs> of time to even go in the office. So, yeah. <laughs> so now at least my boss works here, so it's like, you know, he's in Dallas. But it, all about all the other bosses I've had have been in other cities or whatever. So, sure, what it is. Well, it's it's really interesting because it has changed so much so quickly. Um, you know, the the world was moving that direction. More and more people were working from home. Uh, I myself had been working from home for over a decade already when the pandemic uh, hit. Yeah. But I went from being fairly unusual to like, actually, it's not unusual at all anymore for people yeah. to work at home. And like in my industry, I, I work in insurance claims and um, insurance claims adjusters, a lot of them, yeah, do work in traditional offices. But um, a huge percentage of them were already working from home because their main job is doing inspections. They're going out to yeah, homes. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so like I know entire companies that have just sent everybody home and their, their offices that have their name on the building are empty. Um, so it, it, it's always kind of interesting. And I, and I'm always curious too, and this is part of why I asked is like, um, especially with you being, you know, a family man and stuff too, how, how you handle all that juggling all that um you know you have a lot of responsibilities um and and then you come into your home and you have to make a space for work too there's a lot to juggle it's a different it's just a different vibe now with with working remote um and now it's like I, like you know there's a lot of people you know like yourself that were doing it for a long time so you probably have found that work-life balance at home yeah. Right. Because because you got to find a way to turn it off. That's what all of us newbies that have only been doing it the last two or three years. We're still right. trying to figure out, like, how do you shut your laptop off and not work extra because you have stuff that you didn't finish? You know, like when I would leave the office, I'd leave my laptop at the office. And, sure. You know, at my desk. And yeah. then I'd come home and be like, well, I'll get to that tomorrow because I don't have my laptop. You know, yeah. now it's like everything's here. So if somebody hits me up, at, you know, seven or eight o'clock at night about something that's critical or whatever, I can't just be like, I mean, I can be like, well, I'll have to get to it tomorrow. Or I can be like, oh, it's going to take me 10 minutes. <laughs> and then you go do it. Oh, yeah. So that's that's the balance is like trying to figure out just how to 
how to shut it off. So and I, can... I, I don't know that anybody ever like is perfect at it. I mean, I feel yeah. like I've gotten pretty good at it in, in the years that I've done it, but like, it wasn't that long ago that I remember getting an email around 1150 at night and I went ahead and took care of it. I was literally getting into bed and I went, ah, <laughs> oh, what the heck? I'm going to go do this real fast. Cause then I don't have to think about it tomorrow. Um, right. Yeah. So sometimes it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's funny because like there's times I get jealous of hearing about all these people who got to work remote because I'm like working at a grocery store for the past 16 years. I'm like, I didn't get that option. <laughs> right. And yeah. At the same time, I'm not salary. So I don't have the problems you guys are talking about as far as people like whatever it, and, you know, but it's like, but we've homeschooled yeah. ever since the kids started school. And so that was something, you know, my wife, kind of had to figure out for herself because a when people started having a homeschool because they weren't sending people the kids to school people like didn't know what to do and we've been like we've been doing this since day one so yeah. i mean there wasn't a transition for us really except for the fact i mean what she ended up having to kind of teach herself was like um when school is over so when she's not the teacher and when she's the parent you know so it's kind of similar mm -hmm. to work from home it's like where does one stop and one start and it's like you have to kind of figure that out you know what i mean yeah we homeschooled our daughter um our son for a little while but then he wanted to go back to school but we we homeschooled our daughter you know all the way from like third grade on and uh yeah that's real like knowing when to turn off teacher and move into mom mode or whatever you know parent mode so yeah that's that's real <laughs> how do you uh make that decision to switch to homeschool because that can't be that can't be like a something somebody just willy-nilly goes hey let's just try this out i mean you got to put a lot of thought into it you got to plan you got to make some personal sacrifices yeah well for for us um my son um is an actor and my daughter is a music producer so like when they early on when they when we realized that they had those talents um, like my son in middle school, he scored a role in a movie. And immediately after that, we were like, like, if you want to pursue acting, like we need to take you out of school and make you yeah. available. Right. So sure. we homeschooled him for about six months and then he missed all his friends and wanted to go back to school. <laughs> uh, and then, and then my daughter at about like nine, like we realized that she had this gift for producing music. Um, and so we just leaned into that. We took her out and, you know, by the time she was, you know, uh, I think 11, like she was being mentored by Malix, who I'm about to release an album with. Um, and, you know, he's amazing engineer, producer, et cetera. Um, she, he was, he took her under his wing for like two or three years. And then she went and just like ran through the beat battle circuit and, won all these battles and then wow. got signed to Sony and like so now she's you know, he's doing music you know full time she's 19 uh, matter of fact her and my son um they're leaving tomorrow morning to go to LA for and she's going to be in LA for like three weeks doing studio wow. sessions and stuff and and my son's going with her for the first week and then my wife Shannon she's going for like the other two weeks and he's coming back but they're, they're tag teaming the, the time with her but 
but yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. So that's why we did it because yeah. we wanted to, you know, unlike, you know, you know, growing up in the 70s and 80s, like, you know, our parents were like, you know, go to school and then go to college and then get a job and then da, 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 like, yeah. whereas yeah. I was like, you know, you know, who knows? Like, I, my parents never, you know, is they love me, you know, but they weren't telling me like, well, why don't you go to music school and see if you're going to become a, you know, a, a full time, like professional saxophone player. Like they were yeah. pushing that. They were like, you right. need to go be an architect or something, you know, like a real job. You know, so we were, yeah. we just, me and Shana were like, let's let them lean in and see what happens. That could, you know, something could happen that changes the, you know, completely changes the trajectory of their lives. Yeah. And, you know, so we want to at least give them that opportunity. I can teach my, my, my son and my daughter corporate America all day long. Like I, I could, I could do that in my sleep. Like if you go do this and it don't work, got you. Like we'll figure sure. it out. I'll, I'll show you all the tricks Yeah. to figure out corporate America. Like that's, that's there. <laughs> yeah no, i can teach you how to be like you know uh mobile in the music industry because i've never been one i don't know like go do that if you can and, and change lives or something is, so, is that is that something that you and your wife um you know kind of knew like you, that's was your mentality before you had kids or was that something just kind of as you're parenting you're just like no, this is instinctively, this is what's right for them. Let's, let's leave these pathways open for them. Yeah. yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Like as we saw it, we were like, like we could point them in a direction that, of a, a comfortable direction, or we can lean into whatever God's doing with these talents and see what happens and walk in faith. And so we, that's, we just decided like, let's just see where God takes this, <laughs> you know, cool. it, you know, it's going to be weird. Or, you know, I mean, I remember my mom and dad, were, they didn't get it. They still don't get it, you know, but it's like, you know, God, we were watching God do all these amazing things and, you know, and it's crazy. So I, you know, I, I I've seen too much not to, you know, to doubt him when he's yeah. working. But, yeah. So, so I see it and it's like, you know, I, I think, you know, like both of my kids, you know, they're still home. Um, obviously, my, my daughter just graduated from homeschool, high school, whatever. And then, you know, my son, you know, he's he's 25 and he's, you know, he's been in commercials, a couple movies. And he's trying to get into Netflix show movies wow. and shows and stuff. So he's just steady, you know, auditioning. But because of the pandemic, things kind of slowed down in the you know, film industry. And right. um, so it's just now kind of picking back up. But then there's like a writer strike or something yes, going on. The strikes. So it's like all these things. Yeah. So there's all this stuff going on that's kind of making it a slow go for him. But you know, but I'm like, you know, I, I don't want you to have any regrets. So don't worry about people saying, well, you still live with your parents and why aren't you working corporate? Like just do your thing. And when you decide that you've done enough or you haven't done enough or whatever and you want to make a change, I'll be here for that. You yeah, know, but I'm not. I don't want to be the one that's like, well, you should just go get a normal job, and then, and then it's like, yeah, that could have been something special, but I, I listen to my dad, and I got a normal job. Like, no, like, <laughs> like we're fine. Like, you take the trash out and do whatever. Like, do you know, pull your weight around here. But other than that, like, go 100% all in. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, man, because like you know, my son, he's he's 18. He's still got like a year. Of high school left but he's doing uh he's doing college at the same, community college at the same time so when he graduates he'll have two years of college stacked oh. up, you know and he wants to do like uh he wants to because he plays violin so he wants to go into like 
nice. and then like you know, Byzantine chants, stuff like that. But um, but that was the same thing. Like you know, we wanted the kids to be able to have like kind of that. Okay, well, step out on your own, but you know, we still got your back, and so you have a little spot to have kind of that period to kind of make mistakes if you need to. Yeah, yeah. I told you know, I told my son, I'm like, look, dude, if there's something you want to do, whether it's like work for Lego or whatever you want to do, like make a plan and like work towards it. You can always change the plan, but like work towards it. Cause I had ambitions and ambitions, but I never like set goals. Yeah. So that's why I was like, yo dude, I like, you know, not to knock what I do, but I'm like, yeah. if you don't plan, you're going to be 41 working. At the yeah. I mean, it takes <laughs> intentionality know? for sure. I mean, to do any of those things, you know, and sometimes it takes the wisdom of life to figure that out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, we want our kids to learn from, you know, they don't always listen to us, but, you know, we're, we, we're trying to tell them, like, I've been there. I know it. like, you know, don't do the same dumb things I did, but you know, <laughs> they got to learn it for themselves, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately for them, you know, and, and it's hard for us to watch, right, as parents. You know, I, I think of my own, uh, my own plan A was, you know, professional rapper and plan B was, uh, well, and I should even say Christian rapper, right? And plan mm -hmm. B was uh, elementary education, elementary teacher. Um, I'm going to teach my kid to, uh, you know, I, I definitely want to leave open pathways like you talk about, but that plan B has got to be stronger than elementary education. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I've I've had to go find an alternate career path altogether outside of anything I got an education for, and and even then I should say sort of my plan C, uh, my my master's degrees are in like theology and the Bible, um, so yeah. also great stuff to study, not a great fallback plan though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unless you're trying to be a pastor of a church. It's, sure, it's, sure. It's a great fallback plan, but if that's not what you feel feel led to do, then then those those uh, yeah. accolades or achievements don't necessarily hold as much you know weight and in other circles. Honestly, I highly recommend to people who are going to be a pastor. I mean, that may be your calling that God is calling you to forever. True, you should have a freaking backup plan though. Um, and here's a very practical reason why, um, you know, we talked to a lot of people on this show that have gone through crazy difficult stuff. If you're in a position where you have done something, seen something, felt something, or changed a belief about something, and that can threaten your livelihood, you are now in a position where, um, where, where you might maintain sort of a hypocritical standpoint. You might have to live uh be two-faced even and no nobody wants to live like that right so i think like stuff can get difficult in ministry whether personally or external so it's always good to have something to uh to fall back on there <laughs> yeah i mean paul made tents <laughs> that's true that's true now you've got saxophones behind you. Tell us a little bit about how you got into playing sax and uh, and what came first, whether it was the sax or the raps. So definitely saxophone came before raps. Um, I started playing saxophone in like seventh grade. Okay. Um, I grew up in a household full of, I mean, like all this vinyl down here I got from my dad. I mean, we just, 
my dad listened to John Coltrane and Miles Davis and Sonny Rollins and, you know, Freddie Hubbard, like all yeah. jazz was always happening in my house. And so like, as, as, you know, you know, we started getting a little older, you know, coming up in elementary and thinking about like, you know, sports and music or whatever, you know, I was like, I want to play an instrument. And immediately, uh, you know, I was like, saxophone, let's try that. Sure. And, you know, ended up being, you know, pretty, pretty decent, pretty fast. And, um, you know, played all the way through high school and, and even into college. Um, and, and uh, I mean, I was, I was decent. I mean, I was, I was like all state second chair jazz, whatever, all state jazz in high school. And, you know, but, but the difference, the funny thing is the difference between me and the guy that was like the first chair tenor yeah. sax was like, I mean, it's not the same echelon. Like I was like really good for a high school saxophone player and he was like pre-professional, you know, wow. like he ended up touring with Steely Dan and doing wow. a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Like, yeah, he was, he was real dope, like on a other level for a high school. And he was a year younger than me too. And he was just a monster, but um, I still, I still talk to him though. He still gives me pointers on like <laughs> patterns and learning stuff. And the, like, we, we still stay connected because we were, we were, you know, two peas in a pot at the time, but, um, but yeah, I, 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 you know, played a little bit in college, rap in college. Me and my my brother Wushu, uh, you know the other fat cat. Like we started rapping. He was at the University of North Texas. I was at the University of Miami. Every time we'd come home for summers and Christmas breaks, like we would just get together and rap. And and he was he he was. I, I live in North Texas now in Corinth, which is near Denton, Texas, which is where the University of North Texas is. And so in Denton, there was a, a DJ named DJ Spin um, that he met. And so he started getting beats and laying down tracks and all this stuff. Well, I was just writing raps. I hadn't recorded nothing, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't have those resources at, you know, at University of Miami. But I'd we'd come home and then he'd be like, hey, come to the studio with me. And then we was doing stuff. And, and then I, I would, as sax was my thing, like, that's how, kind of how we came up with the Fat Cat's name because we wanted something that sounded jazzy. Um, just because we were going to have jazz in our, our stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I played in all the stuff, you know, that we were doing back then in the early nineties. Um, and then just in spurts, like as, you know, like every one of my albums probably has at least one track where, sure. where I played some saxophone down and, you know, and I'm trying to keep that going. It's funny now, um, I'm, I'm kind of having like a late life renaissance or something what have you like I'm really like I've decided like you know I got to this level as a saxophone player I want to get to this level and so okay. I just started like practicing like a mug uh like every weekend I just pick this thing up and just go and yeah, I'm what, getting what, better what, I'm, I'm not where like? I want to be huh what's that look like in terms of uh time commitment or or drills or what what, what are you doing to to get yourself there yeah. So I just, I mean, I, I got a bunch of books and scales and okay. patterns and just a bunch of, you know, I, it took me a little while to just get back into, you know, reading music again, because uh, I hadn't done that a couple sure. of days. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, it came back, I'm getting, I'm actually better than I was in high school at it. In high school, I was just, I would, I would, it was funny, I would go like audition for like, 
jazz ensembles or like summer jazz camps or whatever. Yeah. And I would always, you know, they always, you know, make you, you I mean, nomadic, you know, cause your son plays your violin, but you know, you go and you audition so they can figure out which level ensemble to put you in, right. Based on yeah. your skills, skill level so that they don't put you, you know, in over your head at the wrong level or whatever. So, so I would always go in and, you know, the first thing they do is, you know, have you sight read some piece while somebody's playing a piano. And so I'm like sight reading. My sight reading was horrid. Like every, every time they look at the sight reading, they're just like, oh yeah, he's like <laughs> level one. Like we're oh, no. we five <laughs> levels, he's level one, probably entry level. And then they would do improv. And I just want you to solo, just show us what you got. And then I would blow their mind with my improv skills. And then they'd be like, well, crap. Yeah. <laughs> the man could play the saxophone, but he can't read. Well, so we're going to put him in like the level three or four and just tell the conductor, you have to work with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, so I would just, you know, listen to the other sax players and try to figure sure. out what the grooves were. Yeah. You know, I just never really paid attention to theory. I, I could just play by ear. And so that that got me so far. But then when I got to college, they were like, right. I mean, I don't care about your solo. Really. Everybody, everybody in this room could eat your lunch. Like you better learn how to <laughs> learn sure. scales and read and all that. So so I got better. But, you know, I, I still got a long way to go. I mean, that's yeah, I'll, I'll come in on a Saturday and just for a couple hours, just yeah. pick up my axe and just, you know, practice my scales, then I'll throw on like an instrumental or something and just play around with solos and patterns and ideas and stuff. And and I'm actually working on a on a a, a jazz project with Theory Has It. And oh, so nice. yeah, so it's nuts. It's nuts. Um it's like John wow. Coltrane meets Dilla or something. Like wow. it's, it's and uh and and he and all the beats I picked from him all have challenged me like musically to like really learn some stuff and so it's like it's been really cool like taking the beats that have samples and you should, like they got chord project progressions and chord changes but you don't know you know you know you're not you're not it's not you know music on a sheet right so you don't know is that a you know d minor is that a augmented like you don't know what that is but it's like then you're just listening to it and i'm looking at my books and scales and i'm like oh this e it's an e that's where it is and then i'm just like playing around so it's just really been cool to like while i'm kind of relearning music you know apply it to this project that is going to have like 14 absolute heaters on it it's, no. I'm so excited about this project. I can't even contain myself because <laughs> Theory has is a monster, and the beats he gave me are stupid. Man, how far I can rap. I want to rap on all of them, but I'm just like, oh, like it's. Is it pretty early in the process? No, we're we're pretty like, um, you know, my the 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 approach I took. So we picked all the beats, 14 beats. Um, I went through each one and came up with basically like the chorus or like, you know, what, what, what's going to be the hook for this track, you know, you know, obviously, or the melody line or whatever. And so I laid down all the like melodies with harmonies. I also played a flute. So I put down some flute tracks and all this cool stuff. And so now all they're, they're just all sitting there waiting for some improv, you know, but I was like, I'm going to wait. 
until I get my chops up and get my skills a little better before I start laying yeah. down solos. But I got all like all the concepts are there and it sounds fantastic. And then and, and then does someone go back through and are are is it getting chopped and made into beats or is it like you've laid this on the beats and now it just needs to kind of be mixed and fine-tuned yeah so i took i took all the beats you know he gave me all the separated tracks so i arranged them um you know with drops and yeah fun stuff and then and then i laid down tracks as if like sax tracks as if i was laying vocals okay just one track at a time harmonies melodies the whole nine you know, little riffs here and there, and and like I said, now all nice. it's, it's it's like it's like in a song mode where it's like hook, you know, open space, then another hook, and like you know, like wow. like like, it, like if I had wrote like all the hooks, and now I just need to go drop the verses or something like that's kind yeah. of like the idea. Got it. The dope thing about that is like if you ever want to like years down the road, you could come up with a new version where it's just you rapping over it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. These are all rap worthy beats. And that's the cool thing. Like I, you know, there's obviously like the lo-fi jazz space, you know, yeah. and that whole genre out there and chill hop and all those things. And and I've listened to a whole lot of it, but what I got cooking on this, like I I can't, I haven't heard anything like what I'm trying to do. Mm. You know, I'm literally like, I don't want it to be like watered down you know, lo-fi, you know, cause you, you listen to like some of the lo-fi, you know, it's like the drums are mixed down or something. And so it's like real jazzy. It's got a like hip hop drum pattern, but it's not like trying to be like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. make you break your neck, yeah. you know, like where <laughs> this stuff, that's why I chose to work on it with Theory Has It. Cause I knew he was going to give me some bangers, you know, almost, I mean, almost th- like think of like, that project he did with Chrome, you know, here's mud in your eye. Like think of like some of those kinds of bangers mm-hmm, with yeah. some saxophone on it, you know. I picked now because, you know, the thing that draws me uh, as a musician, and you hear it in all of my music. It's not like, like it, like like I don't do it in my raps too. But it's like I'm always looking for beats that have like melodic chord changes. You know, they don't have to necessarily be jazz sounds or pianos or whatever. Like it could be anything, but it's but the chords are moving like a jazz progression of some sort. And so that's like, you know, if you listen to Butterfly Sessions or, you know, Spring of Songbird or Moon Handsman, any of the, you know, definitely group therapy, like you hear like most of the tracks aren't like one, you know, one key where it's like just one chord going with some yeah. drums. It's like it's changing. Right. And so, and that's what makes instrumental music dope is when there's a lot of movement, right? And so yeah. I picked all these like bangers from mm-hmm. Theory Has It, but ones that specifically had these chord progressions that were okay. moving. So sure. that it's like, it's almost like it just sounds like some like Slum Village Della, like with some saxophone. <laughs> it's real dope. Man. <laughs> I, I can't wait to drop it because it's like I don't know. Again, I, and 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 I, I can't say I've listened to all of the chill hop out there and all the lo-fi jazz, but I, you know, I've listened to a lot of it. And I haven't heard anything that sounds like yeah. that. I'm trying to. Make when myself. people like talk about that, I'm like, I'm always just like, but it's like, but I'm like, but we grew up on like boom bap, so you had like SP 1200, like yeah, like, yeah, 
Like you had, I mean, you had Jasmine Taz, you had Gangstar, you had all these things that had yeah. that in there. So I'm like, to me, it's just, I think it's just maybe younger, the younger generation rediscovering that sound and reinterpreting. Yeah. You know, so, No. This is gonna be playing. I know. Dude. Every time I'm like, no, we did not. Totally wrong. Totally wrong. I'm like, wrong. I'm like, I'm like, y'all supposed to be like, you know, jazz heads. How can I'm like, how did that line get passed? How did nobody yeah. that line? Nobody, nobody corrected the video that day. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's funny. But yeah, that I I I I'm excited about that project. Obviously, I have another project coming before that with raps on it, but I'm excited about that project just because, you know, again, when I listen to like lo-fi jazz, I always I'm always like, where are the drums at? Like why do y'all why are y'all like pull it like I want yeah. I want to hear the drum smack, right. you know, and 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 that's exactly what me and Theo are doing. So well, I'm excited to hear it. I I think that's gonna be great. Um, I, now, are are you uh, releasing that independently, or is that coming out on Elect? Well, yeah, yeah, that'll be out on Elect. Yep, yep. Now, Nomadic, you had some questions. I don't, I don't want to ask it. I want you to ask it um, about about uh, the labels and stuff that he's been on and uh, his releases. Yeah, because like, uh, um, so like. You know, you were on like Mood Enhancement came out on Elect, and then Spring the Songbird was on Hip Hop is Music, and then you went back yeah. to Elect. Um, and I mean, you've been with them ever since. But um, was that like, I guess, what was the reason behind that? Was it something like you saw the writing on the wall as far as the label like going under? Or? <laughs> <laughs> it did go under, but no, I didn't see the writing on the wall. Um, no, it's just kind of. You know, as I was, you know, up before I did Mood Enhancement, I mean, I had done, I don't know, dozens of features. Mm -hmm. I had been on so many records, just, you know, guest verse, whatever, on a song or maybe some production. And, uh, you know, and, and, and when, you know, when Fat Cats kind of, you know, dissolved, I mean, we're still Fat Cats forever, but, you know, when, when Wushu stopped rapping, and I knew I had to go solo. It's like, um, you know, I started working on mood enhancement and I showed it to Josh just because I had known him because of Uprock and all that kind of stuff with, you know, yeah. Deep Space Five and Fred and Plato and, and, uh, and he really dug it. And so he was like, I'd love, you know, I'm, I'm starting my own label and I would love to put this out, you know, and sure. I think I want to say mood enhancement was maybe like the, third release I think on it elect or whatever maybe fourth um and uh and and so he you know he put it out but it's funny because um uh uh oh gosh braille was coming through town uh him lightheaded him and his crew were touring through Dallas at what like four mood and like it was like, and I was just, you know, we had like a bar to it, like Fred's or something and they came through and, 
him and you know Jose and and them and and they came through and they were listening uh to, we were just sharing music and you know braille was uh i think sharing uh uh his first uh solo album with us that had just dropped um, yeah yeah shades of gray i was blanking on the name shades of gray <laughs> and uh and that's that's when like he actually you know asked me you know when when they were going to do like a a limited edition release in Japan and they wanted to do a remix to you know that one song that me and Sojourn did with them I think it, uh hip hop music or something it was the name of the song or whatever music. yeah hip hop music remix yeah yeah and so that's that day is when he was like I you know we're going to do a remix I'd love you you to be on it um after hearing mood enhancement before it had dropped and so before literally before mood enhancement dropped yeah, that one. Yep, yeah. I got that vinyl right, right over here. Um, but yeah, before that, before Moon Enhancement even dropped, Braille was like, "I want to do a record with you. I'm, I'm, I'm starting up a label. I want to do a record. I'll, 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 I'll uh, curate all the producers. I'll pull the beats together for you. You can just pick. You know, I got a lot of producer friends or whatever, and and then I'll, you know, have it mixed, mastered. We'll do the artwork and the whole nine. All you gotta do is rap." And, and so it was kind of, it was, it was interesting because Moon Enhancement dropped, I think in May of like 2005 or whatever. And then literally like after Moon Enhancement dropped, it probably had been out maybe five months and I finished Spring of the Songbird. And so then there was like this whole thing between Braille and Josh trying to figure out when to when to allow basically uh, Braille to drop that record because mm. of the like buzz cycle that J you know Josh wanted to make sure that Mood Enhancement got a good run right. before we right. like halted it with a new release from another label that was gonna like you know sure cut into that and so they worked it out and then I mean literally like June of '06 I think it was <laughs> Spring of the Songbird dropped and it was just like you know, so it was that was a crazy time just because I hadn't even dropped Mood Enhancement and Braille was like, wow, I got a good record with you. And then and then, of course, you know, hip hop and some music, man, must have dropped four or five of the dopest records ever released in CHH. I, I think all I mean, that extra credit record for Theory Has It was a classic, classic from and, and DJ Ballas, classic. Sojourners like, yeah. classic. Freaking poems, classic. Like yeah. all those records were really good. Yeah, I and wish then all that, they were like, like we were supposed to drop a big rec album. They were yeah. supposed yeah. to do something else. And he, I, I think it was about the time when Braille was going through a divorce, and he had to like, yeah, file yeah. bankruptcy or something. It just was like, eh, done. That you know, that'll so do it. And started. Then he started Humble Beast after that. You know. Yeah. And it's funny because they had like on the Humble Beast website for like, I don't it was know, like, like the first like week or two or something. On there for like a period of time. That's the model that they were starting because it was like re releasing all the hip hop is music stuff. It's like free downloads and then it kind of started to get I remember for a while, like Braille was going to call it a talking textures. Yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. I live in Portland too, I mean he he moved a little bit further away, but it's like 
I knew like the lightheaded dudes from like shows and stuff like that. But I remember talking to Braille once and he was saying how uh, um, he was going to go with that. But then like Humble Beast and him and Odd Thomas, it kind of just fit more, you know. But mm-hmm. but yeah, hip hop is music, dude. Like they did. They dropped so many classic records that I mean, and the and the producers that are on there that like have gone on for like, you know, like Illmind and all these other people that people know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, we were on like a spit kicker. <laughs> like there was some good stuff going on during that run that like we, you know, and he just had put so much like money and mm-hmm. effort into like international and like Japan. Like the, the fact that anybody outside the United States knows who I am is because of Humble Beat or, you know, hip hop is music. Right. Because like he, he was really like, they were, you know, they did that you know, four days in Geneva or whatever. It's like, like they, they were constantly going overseas touring and, and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was pretty, that was pretty cool. I mean, I got so many records. I got so many pieces of vinyl that I'm on, yeah. on like a Japan version <laughs> or something with like, yeah. So it's it like all, you know, Japanese and stuff. Like, it's like, I think this is, you know, maybe this is, but like, it's funny because we used to have a local record store out here called uh, 360 Music. And that's mm-hmm. like what Braille was using is like basically the hip hop is music headquarters. And so it was down the street and I never like went to pick up. There's like a couple, there's like a couple of the hip hop is music like 12 inches I didn't cop. And like, this is one that I didn't cop from the store. So I ended up paying like 30 bucks on Discogs and got it shipped from Japan. And I'm like, man, I could have went down the road and got it in bucks. <laughs> Back in like I, I couldn't even get a copy of that, and I ended up buying it off of like Juno.com or something. Oh, yeah. And it, I, they wow. shipped them from like either UK or Japan. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I think they paid as much in shipping as they did for the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I had to have the remix, bro. Like that remix. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I just want, I just want a physical copy of this, and yeah. Braille doesn't have one because he shipped them all to Japan or whatever. So I was like, I'll buy one. There you go. That's a that's a really smart way to do things. I I think uh, a lot of the a lot of the labels have been able to think of things like that. Um, I shouldn't even say labels. A lot of the people that that are in the post label era, you know, uh, have have been able to find smart little niches to get out there uh, and get your music heard. Um, you know, we don't, we don't live in a time really where people are buying CDs and I'm not here to be cranky about that. Um, but it's, you know, it's a different market now and, and to get your music heard is even a different ball game than it was 20 years ago. Um, yeah, totally different. Now I, I'm curious, uh, the one, one thing too, that, that complicates that is, uh, your openness about your faith. Um, you've been open about your faith in your music. I I've never really gotten the um, the impression that you're like a like a preacher rapper, really. Um, you know, it, it, there there are there's sort of a spectrum of what it means to be Christian hip hop. But right. I'm just curious. Uh, no matter where you are on that spectrum, there's a cost to it. And I'm curious what your experience has been like with that, and um, and and why why your faith plays a role in your music? I mean, 
I don't know, like the, the, the Christian market is just weird to me. Um, it's weird to me that there's a market. So like when I first met Fred sure. and Plato, I was like, there's a like a Christian rap lane. Like I, cause I had been doing, you know, me, you know, fat cats, we were, you know, we've, we've been Christian for a long time and, and, you know, we weren't definitely nowhere near preachy, but we always had faith in our music. Um, you know, and, and, and we weren't, you know, afraid to share it or whatever. Obviously, once I met, you know, Fred and, and, and Doug and learned that there was like even more of sure. like a, a, you know, an opportunity to like really lean in further, I, I definitely opened up even further because, yeah. you know, it was just more accepted. But I don't know, that, that market is just, it's, it's funny to me because, you know, you've seen it go through these cycles, right? You know, I remember back in the, you know, uh spear of hip-hop board days right and you know oh, yeah. if, if you weren't you know if, if you did anything that you know was not seemingly not christian like you would get called out in a heartbeat i remember we did a show in denton at the university of north texas it was called the e-fest and we were there rocking with technology um phonetic composition a, a group called the menus some you know close homies of mine that you know i think you know one of them was a christian but the others weren't um but they weren't like christian rap or anything they were just homies yeah. in the local scene and we were rocking that show and you know of course people were drinking beer and whatever and so when the footage like somehow leaked in you know, a video footage of it they were just like fat cats were at a, you know at an event or they were serving beer or whatever and oh, we my got goodness. humbled <laughs> We got pummeled in the, on the message boards. And I was just like, are y'all serious? Did you hear what we were saying when we were on stage? Like, I can't vouch for like, <laughs> like yeah. other people. Yeah. And I mean, in that, what what it's all about, like we're, we're supposed to be out, you know, we can't, we got to leave the church at some point to go be the church in yeah. the community, right? And, you know, and, but it was just like, we got like ransacked. Like, it, and there was yeah. nothing we could do. Like, I mean, the more I like try to like, you know, explain or justify the more people are like oh listen, listen to the poor little cat kitty cats upset oh now. my goodness like, they were just like really egging like i was just like are y'all christians even like who's yeah. on this board like it was it was terrible but then it's like so then we would always be like you know we're you know christians that rap or whatever it'd be, you know because yeah. they were just like you're not you're not christian enough you know to be a christian rapper and so i was like well i'm a christian that raps and i rap about you know whatever god pours out of me and then and then of course you know later on you start hearing like lecrae and some of those people they're all trying to like you know well i'm, a, I'm not a christian rapper anymore i don't want to like i don't care sure. like I, i'm a christian rapper i'm a christian that raps i'm a rapper that's a christian like whatever you want to call <laughs> me like at the yeah. end of the day like i'm not I'm not here to like, uh, you know, preach an agenda or whatever, whatever God pours out of me, you know, and, and I've learned over the years, like God, God uses my music to minister to me. Mm. You know, I'm hoping there's other people that benefit from the music I put out yeah. and the message, but gosh, almost when I listen to my music, like I hear things new for the first time later on. And I'm just like, thank you, God. Like, you, yeah. like that ministered to me, you know? And, you know, and so it's just like, I don't know. I, I don't have a political theological agenda 
other than sure. to bring the kingdom and do what and just be obedient in my writing, right? Because you know, once you put it down and you record it and then it gets pressed and it goes out, like you can't take it back. You know, you can't be like, ah, you know, that was what I was saying. You know, that's yeah, that was 20-year-old Gary. Like it's I mean, it's it's it becomes you forever, you know. Yeah. That's the that's the the curse and blessing of music is like once it's out there, it's you can't bring it back. So especially like, these days steward of those words <laughs> of like if I'm gonna put it out there, I want it to be meaningful, I want it to be yeah. timeless. I don't want people to yeah. listen to it and be like, ooh, that's so 1991. Like I want people to be like, that's a dope song. Yeah. When did it come out? I don't know. Last year. Oh, 91? What? Like, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like that's what I want. Like, I want to do timeless music that honors God. So yeah. I love that. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you were saying something, Clayton. I was gonna say, I mean, you've had plenty of timeless, you know, albums and songs for that matter, you know. So appreciate I mean, you. Thank I you. I mean, I mean, just listening to, you know listen to the dark side again and i mean that's just such a good album as far as you know there's some songs where i'm like you know almost I'm like yo is this dude about to like break down and cry you know what i mean just as far as like <laughs> you know the, the emotion in some of those songs you know what i'm saying and it's like it, that's a Bro. beautiful thing that's what's so beautiful about music is like yeah. as i told people i'm like i don't care about fitting in any box i just want to do me and bear i mean that's art right just bury my soul on yeah. a record and yeah hopefully it resonates with people you know yeah like, I think I, I love one of the things I love is the uh, authenticity, but I think authenticity can be overrated. And I think what I like about your authenticity is what you just described, that you feel a sense of responsibility with what you're doing. And so while I, I think you're being authentic and you're and you're coming, you're coming at your songs uh, in, a, in a different way than a lot of MCs. Um, again, it's, it's not preachy, but it, it's authentic without like, without being irresponsible to the listener, frankly. Yeah. Um, I ain't trying trying to be an old man rapper here, but like, you know, there, there there's always been irresponsible stuff in our, in the hip hop community, right? Like always. Yeah. Some of this, always. we all founded on irresponsibility. Yeah, ab absolutely. So like, this is nothing new, but like as creators, um, as people who care about this world, like we want to see like, goodness uh and mercy so to speak uh yeah. out in the in the public sphere yeah, yeah exactly exactly all of that i mean that's 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 my biggest thing is like i just i mean i am who i am you know i yeah. you know i wish i could you know it's funny one of my favorite songs is uh i got it made by special ed <laughs> but it's only because it's like the, the the things he says in that song are so outlandish Right, <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious and it was like one of my my you know the songs that i latched onto like as a kid but but it's like i know those things are outlandish you know yeah. and it's like you know when 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 we came up listening to hip-hop in the 80s the 90s it was like braggadocio for the sake of let me one-up you on bragging something that's totally stupid yeah. like it's yeah. so out there like this wouldn't even make sense um, you know in the stars on the yeah. you know in the jupiter like you're yeah, not you're a, a you know, right? <laughs> but now but nowadays 
it's like every like the rappers have like you know in in the this this gets misconstrued as being more relevant you know because like our our generation's out of touch in our raps like we're our our music doesn't connect to the day-to-day of the listener in the way that rap does now and it's because the rappers now like they brag in a way that makes you feel like you should be doing that you should have this car you should have this type of lifestyle and and you just and the only reason you don't have it is because you don't hustle hard enough right or whatever and it's like and it's just like wicked to me like it's just mm-hmm. like the, the when i think about like mental health issues and people not knowing their identity and and struggling with all the things it's like yeah. this music is yeah. making you feel making you think that you're a failure because you don't have these things whereas our music i mean no better right in cer- certain respects but it was like i'm not an astronaut i'm not gonna be like you know, like when Eminem would battle, or you'd be like, "Yeah, that's right." That was just a clever line. That wasn't something I was aspiring to live towards. Right. Whereas now it's like all like this thing of like, "Well, you this type of dude, you're this type of girl, or whatever. You should be doing this." And I'm a, you know, man. And it's like, yeah, it's that's just like this. It's like so close, but yeah. just far enough to make you like lose your mind trying to chase it. Mm. And it's like it's so cunning. It's so. Wow. I mean, I'll call it what it is, satanic, whatever, but it's just, it, it's, it's got our world and this generation so, so caught up in, you know, like, I even look at stuff like no disrespect to any women that wear eyelashes and get their lips done and all that stuff, but it's like, it's like an alternate reality, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, I, I just watched the Barbie movie yesterday with my kids. Like, it, it was a good movie, you know. But it's like, it's like every like the the imagery of hip hop and everything right now is just perpetuating something that people can't actually achieve. Yeah. But they think they can. Yeah. It's close enough, and it's presented in a way that it looks like I think I can get there, mm-hmm. and then you can't, and then you just like lose your mind trying. And mm-hmm. I'm like. Nope. That's so, that's so <laughs> interesting that. because it's it's like you're right. Before I think it was almost cartoonish. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was it was cinema to us. It was something. It that's it could be reduced and objectified and just be a a, a, a narrative over there. But that's so interesting because your 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 interpretation is that it's deeply personalized, and ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I see that it's 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 a it's a it's a whole different level and and you know even like like when i you know if i'm around like nieces and nephews and they're listening to you know drake or whatever and and even the way that they um and not saying that we didn't used to like kind of emulate right our favorite rappers or whatever and try to like almost channel their energy or whatever but it's like it's like like people literally become somebody different yeah. when they jump yeah. into character for that type of person or that type of B or whatever. Like they're just, yeah. it's like, they just snap and it's like, now I'm like doing the fingers and like, it's, it's just, and I'm just like, 
like I was yeah. literally talking to you five minutes ago and now you're a whole different person. And yeah. I don't know what to do with this information. I was in, <laughs> yeah. watching like entertainment, I guess. I yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's exactly. like the old guy in the room because I'm like, I don't get it. Like, I don't Dude, understand what's happening. Right I, it's like, I remember it was years ago. I had to ask like my niece what YOLO meant. Because <laughs> I'd hear, I'm like, what does that mean? And they're like, you only live once. I'm like, oh, in that case, Yodo, you only die once too, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but that's why it's like, just like, you know, talking about like different eras of hip hop. It's like, you know, I look at like Craig G dropped an album a couple years ago and it's called I Rap and I Go Home. And I was like, that's what. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's our generation right there. Yeah. Oh. Crazy. But I think it's cool. It's like, it's cool to see like, um, the progression of Christian hip hop for sure. Like, I mean, it's it's gone from like what it was back in the day where, you know, it's like, I remember, I remember like reading like Christian rap magazines and stuff and it'd be like, and it would, there would be, always be a page somewhere in there where it was like, if you like so-and-so, yeah. then you'll like yeah, this yeah. person. You like this person, you'll like this person, sure. you know. 50 Cent, you'll like Jafia Life or whatever. Yeah. Like it was like, the and, and it was like, it was always the weirdest time we would joke about the comparisons like this person, yeah. this person what is this yeah. and now it's like the christian rappers are so good mm -hmm. so good yeah and so talented that they're not really being compared as much because they're actually better than a lot of the mainstream rappers so yeah. from that perspective i think that's amazing i love to see that like there's just these rappers that are just yeah. monsters but then it's like you know, I like to see, you know, there's, you know, there's some that, that still try to like emulate the mainstream, you know, too much in my mind. And I'm like, is that really what you want to like try to emulate? Like, you know, cause, cause now again, like I was saying before, like with rappers when they're, you know, like trap rappers and stuff and mumble rappers and, you know, it's like this, this persona like like it's like you don't have like i'm so rich that i don't even have to talk clear yeah I'm yeah, that, yeah. I, and so when you hear like a christian rapper do that i'm like really yeah yeah what do yeah. you do i'll say you're like you know you, you can't even enunciate anymore like i'm like come on yeah like, you're god's looking for excellence and yeah. and he, when yeah. you you know when you you know make a noise until like, <laughs> like your best like, yeah 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 don't don't let somebody shrink you down to be yeah. like somebody else. I mean, yeah. I could talk to these rappers, you know, after praise and worship at a church, and they're gonna talk to me like this, right? And then yeah. as they go into the booth, they're gonna be like, yeah. and you're like, really? Like, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to. You don't have to. I remember telling my wife, it pays more, but you don't have to. Right, right. You could still, you could still make amazing music. Yeah. And I was like, you mean I'm gonna spend all this time actually trying to write lyrics when I could have just like made some sounds, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. There's and no disrespect, right? No disrespect yeah. Oh, that, that feel like because to them they probably are thinking <laughs> there's a demographic out there that needs Jesus. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna cater to that demographic to reach those people. I who am I to knock that mission if that's yeah, if that you know what they truly feel, but it's just I guess it ain't. It's not for me. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, I, I I believe that the less mumble rap there is in the world, the the more healing comes forth. So I want a bumper sticker that says 
Heal the world by ending mumble rap. Put that on my bottom. Confess your sins one to another (laughs) and get healing. If they can't understand what you're confessing, (laughs) how are you going to get the healing? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I think there's room for some clarity there. So so speaking of healing, uh, you recently posted on social media about some struggles that you had with an illness. And I wondered if you would talk a little bit about uh, your experience with that and what that was all about and how you how you got to the other side of it you know what uh i'm not even 100 sure i'm on the other side of it yet so yeah. but uh but yeah let's let's talk so so right before let's see when was this it must have been 2021 so in in 2021 um you know, I, I'm one of those people that was like, you know, I don't, I don't get vaccines. Like, I don't flu. I mean, I got the ones I had to do in school because you had to growing up, right? Yeah. But ever since then, like, I don't get any voluntary vaccines for any reason. I, I feel like my immune system, you know, I get sick, fight, learn it, you know, get stronger, and I fight it off, and I'm good. Um, so my wife got sick. And she went through uh, a, a really, you know, kind of a not really life-threatening, but really tough illness during the pandemic. And as part of like the precautions for the doctor, because her immune system was compromised, you know, she she the, her doctor was like, "You need to get the vaccine." And so, and solid, and then she was like, "And your family needs to as well," you know. And so, in solidarity for Shannon, it's my Shannon, my Shay Shay. Like I'm yeah. like, we're all in, and so we all go get, you know. I think my son got the Moderna, and then I, I, and the rest of us got Pfizer, you know. And we we got the first dose, and everything was cool. And then I go and get the second dose, and then shortly after the second dose, like I start noticing um, when I scratch like it would leave like just red marks, like almost like, you know, like that movie Enter the Dragon and when, you know, Bruce Lee got the little scratches, you know, from <laughs> Dr. Claw or whatever, Dr. Oh, Han. Oh, man. Um, so I had like, I mean, just from just regular scratches. You so must like have I looked awesome. Fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I was all you know, buff, looking like I was in a movie and, and, and Shannon noticed it one day and she was like, what's up with these scratches? Are you like, I'm like, I don't know, I just want like that like i didn't even do anything and so after it you know having it kind of all over i was just like i should probably go get this checked out so i go to the doctor and they're they're looking at it like i don't know what would cause this so i mean we can at least start with some labs you know let's just you know let's just draw some blood and see what we see yeah so they drew blood and and like the the physician who i didn't even see the physician i always see the nurse practitioners because that's how it is in family practice these days like doctor somebody's names on the building but like you don't ever see the doctor anymore it's always the the pa or the np and and so the doctor called me on my cell phone like on a saturday you know and he was just like hey we got your blood results and we noticed your platelet count is a seven and it's supposed to be somewhere between 150 and 400 and it's a seven so i was like okay is that bad like should I go he was like yeah I would you know I was like uh, maybe I'll just go to the doctor on Monday and have him check it out or something he was like no you should go to the ER 
And wow. so I went straight to the ER and then they admitted me and I was in the hospital for like 11 days and they ran like every test, like they tested me for Ebola, like they tested me for every possible like disease or anything because they couldn't figure out what it was. And then about probably five days in, they, they were like, I think we know what it is, but we're going to test for like everything else just to make sure that we rule out any possible other reason for this. And then basically what they ended up telling me was um, I had an adverse reaction to the second dose of the vaccine. And apparently wow. the most common reaction or adverse reaction is your platelet counts shooting up where you get blood clots. That's what most people that had, you know, the rare, you know, known, uh, you know, reaction. My platelet dropped to a like critical low wouldn't clot. So basically as I was scratching, it was just like the blood was just coming to the surface because it wouldn't, oh, you know, clot or whatever. Gosh. And so and so they were like, you know, I, I was I was feeling weak too, you know, but I didn't realize that, that was, you know, connected. And so basically I had aplastic anemia, which, you know, low platelet clout and all these different things and fatigue and all this, whatever. So so they kept me in the hospital for like 11 days. Um, I had to do like steroid treatments and all this weird stuff. And then they, then they, then they tried to put me on like a, um, like some sort of a, I had like a four day, basically like a chemotherapy and, um, wow. and I got real sick from that, but I had to have a ton of like blood transfusions and all this stuff. And they were trying to just get my platelet count to come up and it wouldn't, it'd go up to like 10 then it dropped to four and then it would go up to like 20 and we we're like, oh yeah. And then it would drop. And so now, um, so I was under the care of like an oncologist for like a year up until probably about six months ago. And my platelet count is kind of like leveled off at like 85. <laughs> so it's like, God's doing something, but it's like, I think this is probably my new norm. Like, I don't think I'm ever get back into normal range. Um, my other blood counts are kind of low, but like borderline normal, but that platelet, those platelets don't seem to want to go up. So, so, I mean, I, 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 I think I have probably a little bit less energy than I used to, sure. um, but, but not like, you know, I, I guess I'm so used to it. Like I, it doesn't bother me anymore, but, but yeah, every time I like cut myself or something, it just takes forever <laughs> to stop bleeding. Oh, like, I can like pop a pimple and it's like, I have to hold tissue up against my face for like 30 minutes to, for, to get it to stop. And it, then it finally stops. So well, it's weird. not clean shaven then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. There's another reason yeah. to grow a beard. There you go. Well, I, I, I first of all, I got to say, I'm a platelet donor. So I got you, brother. Um, you know, I, I, it's, uh, it, it's crazy, you know, when it comes to something like this, that's, you know, surprising and outside of your control, it probably makes you feel a certain way. Uh, I'm curious how you, how you were emotionally and spiritually through, through like just from the beginning as, as well as uh, where you're at now. Yeah, no, I, I think um, I praise God because he showed me, he gave me a purpose in that, like on day one, 
like when I when I, when I when I got admitted into the hospital, um, you know, it was the middle of the pandemic. I was already had seen, you know, like what nurses were going through being in the industry that I work in and how under uh, appreciated they were during the pandemic. Um, they were appreciated by some and underappreciated yeah. by others. Right. You know, obviously like, you know, I think nurses were making like two, three times what they ever had made before. Um, like travel nurses, like temporary nurses were making six figures <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic because like just supply and demand, like the demand yeah. went up, the bill rates for their services went up for the hourly rates or whatever. So, um, you know, they, you know, and I, I, I was, I was kind of happy to see that. Like, I was like, well, look, I mean, nobody went, nobody goes into nursing to make six figures, but I don't blame them for, you know, they work hard, <laughs> you know, they, they yeah. deserve six figures right now, you know, in the middle of this pandemic. So, but so when I, when I got admitted into the hospital and, and was in an inpatient room and having all the doctors and the nurses and, you know, just everybody checking on me, like, I was like, you guys probably have a lot of patients that are pissed off that they're here and they're going to, you know, treat you bad or cuss you out. And I don't want to take their medicine or whatever. They're grumpy because they're in pain. I am not in pain. I'm just weak. And, you know, but I'm not too weak to smile. I'm not too weak to like love on y'all when y'all come in. And so like for 11 days, every single person that came in the room, I was just like, how is your day? Like, how, what's going on? Like, how yeah. are you doing? You know, and and like the, everybody from the janitors, the nutritionists, the dietitian, like whoever came into my room, I was like, you know, I appreciate you guys. Like, thank you for taking good care of me and whatever. I know you guys don't, you know, don't. And they were, and all of them were like, yeah, we don't hear that often. Like you would think during this yeah, right. pandemic, we would hear more gratitude and appreciation. We don't get it. We don't even get it from our administration here at the hospital. Like they're just yeah. like go to work we need you on fourth floor go, like yeah. like they don't so they so like we we sent them flowers and like you know shannon came up every day and she was just like and she would just continue to love on them for me like when i could yeah. and it was so it was like it was just really awesome opportunity to in the middle of a trial to be like it could be worse i could be in pain i could be you know there was a lady up the room in a room up the hall that had the opposite of, and you know, she had the the she had the uh, blood clots. Her platelets went up, and she was in pain. Like apparently, blood clots hurt. I don't know. I never had one, but apparently, they're not <laughs> pregnant. You know, and so, and she was just like moaning, and I was just like oh. praying for her, like every like, oh my gosh, it could be so much worse. I was counting my blessings because I was like, I'm not in pain. I'm just tired, yeah. too yeah. tired to work. So I had to I had to take like a three months like leave of absence from Jeez. work and, and stuff and but it like but I, I count my blessings because I, like I said it could be worse and and it gave me an opportunity to like just really you know think about like <laughs> the people that are in that those jobs like working trying to take care of people yeah. and the, yeah. the lack of respect they get and the stuff that they just endure every day you know and I was like I'm not going to be that guy. You're going to get yeah. smiles. You're going to get, you know, hugs. You're going to get like when, I mean, they, I, there was days where I was getting, they were drawing blood like every couple hours and they, would, and, and they would draw like 10 things of blood 
every couple hours. Wow. And then they would come in and give me an infusion or whatever and put blood back in. So I don't know whose blood I was getting. Like it was just so many yeah. variables. <laughs> right. And my arms were just bruised up because like Ugh. just because I mean, because my platelets were low, and every time they'd stick me, I'd bruise like everywhere. So it just looked like, like I was being abused. Like the, some of the nurses would come and be like, "Damn, like what's going on?" <laughs> like, I'm just like, and then they read the thing. I was like, "Oh, he's got pancytopenia, oh. aplastic anemia. I get it. He's got low platelets." You just tell me like, like you folded the laundry wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just my, you know. Don't let Shannon come back in this room. Using <laughs> y'all aren't looking though. Uh, but yeah, it was it was that that's where like, you know, even in the midst of it, like I I kind of had joy each day, like yeah. knowing that, you know, like this is you know literally God showing me a way I can be a blessing. Yeah. And that would seemingly not be a blessing. So, and again, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to normal. Sure. And you know, but. But you know, God's God sustaining me, you know, through it. So I'm 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 blessed and appreciative for sure. Still praising him every day. Can't tell yeah. me otherwise. Seen too much. <laughs> you can't argue with me, it's not negotiable, all the things. I mean, <laughs> some some are some some rappers in our genre have have been uh debated out of their faith. You know, somebody yeah. came with a strong yeah. debate against Christianity and they were like, that's valid point, you know, maybe I shouldn't, you know. Yeah, I don't care how how well spoken you are, you can't <laughs> like you can't debate me out of my faith. Yeah. It's just not possible. Well, it's, it seems like uh through through all of those difficulties, you've you've shown yourself to have a lot of resilience and fortitude. You know, you're 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 strong, uh your your faith is strong through through the trial. And, uh, and that is something that, uh, something that really we all, we all aspire to. And one, one of the reasons this show exists is because I want to have conversations like this. I want to hear like, because I have a lot of respect for people that go through tough times. Um, you know, Mr. Rogers, you, uh, you know, surprised people one time when he, uh, had asked this this child who was uh who was hurting i think he was even dying of cancer or something anyway i'm screwing the story up the point is he asked him for prayer and uh and and they asked why and he said uh he they asked why did you ask this child to pray for you and he said because i believe that those who have suffered a lot are close to god and you know i think there there's some wisdom in that there's some truth in that and and I, I i think hearing your story uh and and you know even a story that in some sense becomes an ongoing story um yeah is is strong you know yeah i mean i mean the bible talks about strength and weakness right and so i'm like if if this is where where god has called me to be weak so he can be strong in me you know then I accept that, you know, and, and, um, you know, I mean, it, again, I, I, in my instance, I mean, I've, I've dealt with other health issues and scares and stuff. And I wish I was, um, as healthy as I look sometimes, cause I feel young. I look <laughs> people like, you look young. And I'm like, I, I trust me, I feel every bit of 51, but, um, 
but but you know but you know but when i count when i look back and comparative to you know things that other people have dealt with like i, I really count my blessings because god has been merciful um to me and and my family and you know we haven't had any major sicknesses i mean i've probably been the most ill person in my family my kids have been healthy yeah. my wife's been healthy for the most part except for her one little thing and you know so i mean i praise him all day long you know he's he's protected us and kept us from a whole bunch of crap that we probably could have you know and, and maybe you know if 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 i didn't have a strong immune system maybe this thing would have killed me who knows yeah, like I mean, right. so many people died from you know you know either vaccine reactions or covid yeah. or whatever yeah. like how many rappers did we lose during the pandemic god we, yeah. Yeah. like every 10 minutes we were losing somebody that i actually respected or yeah. or grew up listening to or something i was just like geez another one like that's so true. many rappers that's it's true so many rappers well it's, and, it's been a crazy several years well and that's i mean that was one of the things that really got me I'm like dude i need to start like you know i'm a husband and a father i gotta start taking care of myself you know and it's like especially you know it's like i'm 41 you know but it's like so i'm no spring chicken but i ain't like you know i'm like i can i still got oh, life. Yeah. you know what so, I'm saying? i mean now there's times like my mind is like 20 but my body's like uh slow your roll bro <laughs> like yeah exactly it just goes downhill from there so yeah <laughs> it's like with your body. but it just made me realize like just how old like you know hip-hop is getting like because a lot, you know, what I'm saying like a lot of these people, but then some people only in their like in their fifties, which I'm like, that's way too young. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, I mean, you I, know, it's funny though. Yeah, I'm sorry, I mean, cut you off. I, it's just funny because like this last year they were celebrating like 50 years of hip hop or whatever, and I'm like, dang, I'm older than hip hop. Yeah, but, but just <laughs> barely, like. Yeah. For somebody who like grew up listening to hip hop, yeah, like right, I, it's one thing for like my dad to be older in hip hop, of course. Right, sure. right, yeah. But, somebody to have grown up in the hip-hop era listening to hip-hop and be like a year older than hip-hop yeah <laughs> yeah crazy like, i was born and then a year later hip-hop hit the same <laughs> that's interesting oh man i appreciate you being on the show with us uh i've got a couple more questions for you but before we uh end with those <laughs> questions uh why don't you tell us where people can find what you're putting down <laughs> Um, you can find me on YouTube, uh, just searching Sivion, uh, Instagram, Sivion DS5 is my, uh, handle on Instagram. Um, you can find me on, on my new, uh, YouTube or not YouTube Facebook page because my other page got hacked. Uh. So, um, <laughs> there's another Sivion page, Sivion dash deep space five. Okay. You know, follow that one. Um, Twitter, same thing, Sivion, DS5. Um, yeah, so that's that's how you can catch me on the socials. Very nice. And illect.com. I don't know. Yeah, and illect.com would have uh, oh, yeah. a lot of your, your stuff All on there. All my music, yeah. yep, links to everything, vinyl, um, new vinyl come in, old that's vinyl. That's what's up. Yep, yep. That's what's that's the train I need to get on. I'm sorry about that. I have not picked up your vinyl yet. I will fix that. Um, so, 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 just so you guys know, um, you guys are getting a special, a little bit of a special treat because 
this vinyl right here in the corner is the new vinyl that hasn't come out yet. Ooh. So I'm not going to pick it up and like hold it on the screen, but you get in a sneak peek <laughs> of straight shot vinyl right there. That's press. It's going to be nice, bright red, clear, translucent oh, vinyl. That's beautiful. Like laser gun. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Appreciate you showing that off. Yeah, yeah. Just want to make sure y'all, you know, it's like a game of like I spy. Like there's something, <laughs> <laughs> something on the I spy a, a new album that's not out yet. That's awesome. You guys saw it first. No one else has even seen the cover. We exclusive, exclusive. Man. So, so you have to you have to get two hours into this interview to even know that it's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the most dedicated people that listen all the way through to the end. Yeah, I'm telling <laughs> you, it's, it, treat. it's one of those Easter eggs. It was just there waiting to be found. Been there the whole time. Yeah, Nobody saw it. <laughs> been the whole time. You need to know. All right, Nomadic, why don't you run down uh, any other socials for us, for yourself and for us? Um, BruiseBeards.com. That's where you can find everything you need. Um, at BruiseBeards on Instagram. That's all we're on. Um, you can always check out <laughs> You can always check out some. Uh, we, have, we do have a couple videos on YouTube. I think it's under the Royal Ruckus page, but if you type yep. in BruiseBeards Shipwrecks, there'll be a couple pop-ups. I think there's like two or three so far um and then me i'm nomadic vagabond um on instagram i am on facebook i'm not active on there um just because i'm not <laughs> um facebook yeah other than that i think that's all i got yeah my new ep out right now royal ruckus come on and wake up first of a trilogy ep series inspired by mr rogers uh wanted to call Thanks. it mr rogers of the rap game but uh that's gonna have to just be a hashtag because oh, yeah. uh we, we don't yeah. want to step on any toes yeah. uh <laughs> well uh so one of the questions i like to ask people when they're on the show for the first time is what is your favorite rap song of all time if what's hmm. favorite rap song of all time um well my favorite rap album of all time is low in theory okay that's my favorite it's closely followed by three feet high and rising um but i would say my favorite song is on that record vibes and stuff that's my favorite song right. tribe called quest vibes and stuff. second will be i got it made especially <laughs> yeah i got a frog a dog with a solid gold bone <laughs> yeah like what does that even mean like classic. i yeah. gotta treat with the because i own a percent god get it i wear <laughs> for every day boutiques from france to the usa yeah i mean none of the, he had none of those things dude and he was like right he like 17 when he did that track yeah yeah did y'all ever hear that track? It was our arm. It was like the, uh, it was like the DJ Madge Boogie Root album. It had Manchild and Special Ed. I, don't I feel think like so. I have heard it. I felt like I, I was, uh, I was aware of it at some yeah. point. I, I couldn't tell you what, but yeah. Yeah, it was pretty dope. That was like the yeah. one song I liked on that. <laughs> on that <album>. Man, <laughs> I got one question left though. Is there going to be any more, uh, any new Deep Space Five stuff coming? Ooh. That is a fantastic question. 
uh, question that comes up very often. <laughs> a question for which I have no answer because, um, yeah, there's, there's, I think, I think, uh, I think there's potential for sure. There's definitely potential. I think, um, you know, that 555, that yeah. was a cool little project. Um, but that wasn't like, like a real like deep space five yeah. project. I think there's, I think there's, there's an appetite for one, um, but you know, it's like herding cats and all that. So <laughs> we'll see if we can get our, you know, old tails together and pull something together. I think if we did do it, we probably need to do something like bake sale to yeah. raise funds yeah. for it again. So that we can all just kind of get in the same place because sure. it's just not the same, you know, that's kind of sending verses back and forth and all that kind of stuff like it is when we come together so yeah yeah I, I i think i heard you were mentioning uh tribe i think for the last tribe album they tried to get everybody in studio with q-tip um i i think i think he actually insisted on that um mm -hmm. uh it didn't mean everybody was in there at the same time because right, right. might not all all be able to do that but hopefully in your case you guys would but I, I think there really is something to be said about, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm king of sending tracks and coordinating things over the internet. But my God, if you can be together, that's where really, really the magic happens. Yeah, if you can vibe together in in a room with raps and beats, yeah. it's it's just a different. I mean, you can you can do some pretty net masterful stuff collabing outside of that, but Gosh, the, the two times we converged in Atlanta to do records, I felt like, like, I mean, I think our brotherhood is as strong as it is right now for so many years because we did that. I think had yeah. we just all been friends over the internet and, and, and you know, because we never, I mean, I think we did Flavor Fest one year together, like all on stage, yeah. like 06 or something, or I forget what year it was. But we, uh, other than that, like we've never been together to do a show other than like different pockets. Like, you know, if Manchild comes to Dallas, then me, Fred, and sure, Plato, right, you know, right. go do a rock with them or something. But it's never been, like we've never, except for, I think when we when we recorded, um, I want to say when we recorded the Future um, record, I think we did a show or something or, or maybe, no, maybe it was unique. We did a show somewhere um at some spot but i was dealing with gout at the time and so i didn't oh jeez they all got up on stage and and just kind of rocked a little bit of you know some of the songs that were cooking but yeah that's rough yeah that was <laughs> that whole trip was like they were carrying me around like it was the yeah. red had to carry me through the airport uh, i mean all this all yeah. the photo shoots it's like they picked me up placed me I stood like I was, you know, a boss, wow. and then they picked me up and put me back in the car. Like it was, I was limping hard. Yeah, you you were telling this great story, and you just like slid that in, just matter of fact. Yeah, and I had gout, and that was terrible. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you if you bring up the word gout in a deep space five circle on a chat or anything, all the gout jokes start flying. Like I bet. Yeah, are you going to the store today? No doubt about it. Like, just, <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> oh. From the guy looking in, like, oh, yeah, oh wow. Thing. 
things. Like I, 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 every time, like as soon as the word gout shows up, that it's like, <laughs> pounce on three. Good, good looking gout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good looking gout. Good gout oh man. Well, um, on that note, uh, one one last question for you: Can we play one of your songs here at the end of the show? Absolutely. Absolutely. What should what should we play? Ooh. So if 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 Josh was you know here, I'd say play uh, "Come Through Me" because that's the latest single that's out right now. <laughs> but my favorite song on the record that's coming is "What It Is," which we did the video for. That's my jam, and that's the one I would say play. All right, that's the third, what single, not the third single that's out right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. What, uh, do, do we do we have that? Do you have that, Nomadic? Or do we need you to send that to us? I think you can get it on, on the Bandcamp. Okay. And so it, it's available on Bandcamp right now. Yes. Okay, great. Then we Absolutely. will we will get that and we will play that. Well, we appreciate you being on. And I think um, I'm so glad this finally happened. <laughs> same, same. This has been a pleasure, um, and I love I love the open, honest dialogue, man. That's that that makes for the best, you know, interviews or conversations or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I, I love when you know when when I'm talking to people that you know have either done their research or like in y'all's case, you, we've just known each other long enough that it's not like you guys had to go do a bunch of research, you know, and vice versa. So we could just get on like friends and just start. Chat. Although apparently I had things that were 20 years old that I had to learn, you know, connect well, you know. dots. <laughs> Everybody's got to connect those dots from the, the early days, for sure. There's so <laughs> many things that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's tons of other things that are just out there. We're just like, God, I can't believe it. Like, I didn't know. You know, I, I was I was today years old when I learned that, um, oh, what's his name? Uh so you remember um, what's the rapper's name? Um, so Christ-centric, right? Okay. Um, and um, what was the rapper's name? Hold on, I gotta look it up because I found out something the other day that blew my mind. So um, let me look at this message I got from. The apologist, who is okay. a producer for Christcentric and Evangel, right? Evangel is a rapper. This producer went to my high school and he was in my graduating class. I did oh, not know really? that. I've known this guy <laughs> for. I mean, I've been. You know, we we're in the same circles and whatever. Sure. We know yeah. each other. You know, but that's crazy. He hit me up the other day with a picture from my yearbook. He was like, "I remember you and your brother." That's wild. At Quilter wow. High School in Maryland, I was in your graduated class. I didn't <laughs> know you then, but I remember you. You know, and, and then we start chopping it up, and I'm like, "Evangel, like, he's dope." Like, that's amazing. Like, so crazy. That's crazy amazing. Stuff. So yeah, small world, man. Small oh, world. That should be yeah. a song. Go ahead, nomadic. I was gonna say that should be a song. Like it's a small world. <laughs> seems, small seems familiar. World after all, blew my mind, man. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
Well, dudes, uh, it's been great having this conversation. I'm so glad you finally came on, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited about this thing coming out. You've you've got some really good stuff coming. Uh, I I can't wait. So we're gonna play. Um, I already forgot what song we're gonna play, but what it is, what it is. Josh isn't here. Josh, <laughs> Josh isn't here. Come through me. Like Dave's not here. Josh isn't yeah. here. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's what it is, what it is. I'm inviting you to add this to your list. You can call me hit or miss. Got that what you need. Bring it with me when you find me so and seize that his. Cause there it is, what I'm talking about. Square biz like fair is when I'm stocking clout. See me steady, mocking doubt. Who rides with me stands ready and plenty we knocking out yeah like a hurricane know my name set it like a flame on my brain when the spirit came wish you all the same because they gonna dish you all the same but you gonna know his name yeah when it's said and done y'all think it's better run playing your insignificant games with guns they said to bring a heater man i came with one father give me faith and strength so i can aim the sun yeah smack dab in your heart civiano bring that light you knew it back from the start but y'all forgot maybe thought i would be off in the dark got that good food so i'd love to put the shop in your car let's go fill the venue with it wall to wall let's go fill it hit you like an altar call let's go when it come he give it all to y'all let's go Civimatics bring that raw for y'all, let's go. You say you really wanna know just what I'm talking about. You say you really wanna know just what I'm talking about. Follow me and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Follow me and you'll know just what I'm talking about. It's what it is, what it is. It's what it is, what it is. Just cause I'm rocking the South Don't mean I'm mocking the South But Dallas, Texas holding me down We making it hot in the South Making it pop in the South Then I switch it on you With a crazy drop And I'm out Get it with that one, two Want you all to see Just what I'm on Cause the next best Not gonna beat like what I'm on Civillon Harness power to speak With brilliance Eloquent meek Devour your weak Experience Turn that spirit on And hear it passing Through the lyrics Make sure you feel it Make sure that he's Sign and sell it, cause that's for real. It's about the kingdom until it comes like a drum with trumpets to steal it. Like a thief with a knife and a sheet, riding a piece of light. Nice with a speech, he write heat precisely. Cause we write weak on white sheets. He's lighting the way so that we might see. Let's go. Fill the venue with it wall to wall. Let's go. Fill it, hit you like an altar call. Let's go. When it come, he give it all to y'all. Let's go. Civimatics bring that raw for y'all. Let's go. You say you really wanna know just what I'm talking about. You say you really wanna know just what I'm talking about. Follow me and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Follow me and you'll know just what I'm talking about. It's what it is, what it is. It's what it is, what it is. Just walk it out, no doubt, we all about it. The Holy Spirit fills my temple before the sound hits. <laughs> Found it, so now I'm drowning. And deep water run clean like I was a fountain. 
loud when I'm pounding on the speakers with them nouns. Profound, stay grounded. We the teachers, cap and gown on it. Reach the crowd up in the bleachers, go to town on it. He abound, anoint the preacher, holding service through your tweeter. Conqueror and defeater and more. Son of man, thank God he was a bleeder and more. For the scores of sinners redeemed. We are believers indeed. Favor the blessings succeed. Take up your cross and proceed to pass it on to your seed. Already know we bring that light to anybody in need. But y'all can see, maybe thought we did these raps for greed. Got that good fruit, so we love to bring y'all back to the tree. Let's go. Let's go.